We are going to be wrapping up today our series uh, entitled Climate Change. And again, for those who have been here the past few weeks or maybe you've uh, looked at it online, we've been in this series for three weeks. This will be our fourth and final week today. And the idea, again, is this, this idea of changing the, the climate, as we call it, in, in, in the church, in the, in the atmosphere here, um, much like you have a, a work climate or a climate at home. You know, we have a climate in the church, and we're looking to create space and, and a climate and a space to invite the Lord to move and to work uh, by his spirit um, in every moment, not just here when we gather, but also in our lives as we walk out um, our time during the week as well. And I hope that you've been blessed. I've heard uh, quite a few testimonies in that regard, uh, just that this series has, has been a challenge, which is good. We want to be challenged, right? Oh, yeah. Man, I got to tee that up a little better next time. <laughs> so we're going to start over today. We're going to go back to week one. We're going to repeat it all. Um, no, I, I get it. No, it's, we don't want to be challenged, frankly, right? Let's, you guys, we're being honest. We don't want to be challenged. It's like, I don't need another challenge, but for me as your senior pastor, I'm going to challenge you because I love you. And, you know, God wants to challenge us, and he wants to invite us in that challenge to, to come deeper into the deeper waters, to trust him, and to make changes where change is necessary. Because, frankly, we all, there are places in our life that need to be changed, right? We are not arrived, we are not perfect, and God is still working in us. And so while we may not want to fly that flag really high and proud and tell everybody um, that we're not perfect, um, we are. We are not. <laughs> and so God is wanting to stir in us some, something different, a change. And um, as you recall, we have been worked from this whole idea came from uh, Matthew chapter 11, and as we did in the previous weeks, I just want to touch on that briefly, just to, for those who may be with us uh, for the first time today. Uh, Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, it says, And Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And again, just as we look at that passage and as, as we pause there, um, my hope again is, is that you recognize that. And, you know, we've repeated this passage for four weeks now. And I hope you've also spent time even during the week in your homes uh, in that passage as well to be reminded that, you know, this is, these are the words that Jesus said. And when we, when we come to Christ and we walk with Christ, there is an invitation. While, again, not, it doesn't mean that the, this life will be free of challenges or struggles, but there is this, this promise that, that there, is, there is rest found in Jesus Christ. There is still a burden, if you will, as it says, that, that his burden that he gives us is light. Meaning, as we lay down the things that we are concerned with and when we're not in Christ and we're bearing those things on our own, when we lay that down and we, we say, Christ, I need you, and he enters into our lives, and he, he, again, he puts this, as he calls it, this burden, but his burden is light. And so if you're in this place today and you're feeling this heaviness, you're feeling maybe discouraged or you're feeling like you're just trudging along and, and, it's, and it's difficult, well, first, you're in, you're in good company, but two, I want you to understand that there is a promise that while we have to walk these roads, while we have to go through valleys in this life, God is with us. He is our shepherd, as he says, and he promises never to leave us or forsake us, and so he gives us the strength. He, he walks with us, and at times, frankly, he carries us, amen? 
And sometimes we, we need that. Sometimes we need to just say, Lord, I can't do this anymore on my own. And I need you to, to walk with me and to carry me. And so from this idea of, of this rest, we, we, not we, I came up with this acronym and I've shared it with you, which you've all embraced and you're gonna be quizzed on now. Um, so the acronym REST, and three weeks ago, we started with the R. I'm, I'm giving a pause if you guys need to get in your notes so we don't look bad on a camera here. Um, the first letter was R, and, and what was that letter? I love you. I love you all, even the ones that didn't answer. I love you. And relationship, right? It begins with relationship, not just a casual relationship, much like in a marriage, when, when you, when you uh, are together and you meet and you, you, you make those vows on that wedding day, you, know, you, you, you enter into relationship with one another, and then it all just ends there, doesn't it? Come on now. If we take that and compare it to maybe how we approach our, our relationship with Jesus, well, like, yeah, I, I came into a relationship with Jesus, you know, 20 years ago. I haven't talked to him since, but hey, that was... <laughs> Imagine if that was a marriage. How do you think that marriage would go? <laughs> it wouldn't, right? It's like some of you are like, is he speaking to me right now? But no, I'm not. But relationship, it begins and continues and must always be in that state with Jesus that we are in relationship with him. That we are in his word, that we are walking in, in moments. And the beauty is wherever we go, unlike even in a marriage where our spouse can't always be with us in, in person, right? Jesus can. And so this is an invitation and an encouragement that wherever we go in this life, whatever we're doing, whatever we're facing, that Jesus is with us because we are in relationship. And let me give you this great news too. Even when we are unfaithful, Jesus is still faithful. Even when we ignore him, even when we haven't spoken to him, and even when we have done things that, again, do not foster a deeper relationship, Jesus is still present and he will not leave us or forsake us. How many of you can say, praise God, that this relationship doesn't just hinge on me? <laughs> because Lord knows I've dropped the ball many times, but you know what? Jesus is always there, patient, loving, and welcoming back, welcoming back, again, this, this vessel that, that continues to make mistakes. And while I don't understand it, I mean, I can say I understand it, the concept of it, but to actually see it played out day to day, it still is, is something beyond my scope because, again, I know if I'm being honest, I would have walked away from me a long time ago. And that's just the truth. But praise God, we serve, we serve our God, and we have, we have a Savior that, that loves us so deeply that he maintains his faithfulness even when we are not. Next is the E. Anybody? You were expecting, weren't you, for that one? And you had the expectation to say, expectation. And I want to encourage all of you today, and I hope, I hope, and it sounded like, but I hope that you came in this morning expecting God to do something, expecting God to meet you and to meet us together, expecting to receive something from the Lord and something that, you know, and, and that's, not just in this moment now and on Sunday mornings, and that's, I hope we learn to live our lives in expectancy of what God might be doing, of what God might want to do even through us. When we were serving, and as you saw in that video in the letter I read earlier, when we entered into that, you know, and it was nice weather, sometimes it's summer, you know, in the Strawberry Fest, and it's super hot. 
But are we still out there and are we serving in maybe the, 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 the lowest position or the, the most kind of off to the side position, but we're doing so with expectation that God may use me today to speak life into someone, to speak truth or to speak encouragement or to share the love of Christ. That's the kind of expectation I'm talking about. And frankly, as the world comes crashing into our lives and as we walk through this life and we, we go through disappointments and we go through heartache and hurt and, and, and all of these things that the world brings, it can destroy expectation, can't it? And many of us learn, myself included, at a very young age that, you know what, keep your expectations in check. And it may surprise you, but at least you won't be disappointed. But I believe that God invites us to walk with him and to always be walking in expectation of what he might be doing or want to do in us and through us. And so we should live a life of expectation. That's the E. And we, we talked as well about the R and the E relationship and expectation move very closely together. And then the last two, and yes, or last week we, we went into the third one, was the S. Everybody remember the S? Surrender. Surrender. And again, this may be one of the most challenging of, probably the most challenging of the three. is because it involves us letting go, right? We talked about, you know, when you see in, in the movies or when somebody is, you know, maybe uh, uh, with the, the police involved and they have to surrender, it's, it's, it's a raising of hands. And what is that showing? It's showing that I'm, I have nothing left. And that's really what we do when we worship. We lift our hands to the Lord showing that we surrender to you and to his will. And we talked about that importance. And if you recall, I talked about uh, Henry Nouwen and the, the theologian and as he entered in and, and took this literally because he wanted to understand surrender and he saw this in the trapeze and, and as they, they, they fly around and let go, he wanted to learn this just so he could literally live what it is to surrender. And he learned that. And, and you know, in that moment, really that surrender is, is when the one person releases and they've let go of the bar and they're kind of flying through the air and there's surrender there, right? And if you recall, there was a significance, one of the significant things he learned was to, to, to stay completely still <laughs> as, he's, as he's in the air because the person that's going to catch you, you know, that is the best way for your survival, right? Is to stay still. And so to bring that into our, what our context and what we're talking about is, is when we were surrendered to the Lord, that's probably one of the hardest things is for us to stand still and to be patient as the Lord is working and moving and that we're gonna, we're gonna and I'm about to give out my third one, <laughs> but we're gonna trust him to catch us. We're gonna trust him and that's where we're headed today and you know, I, I was speaking to a, um, a pastor friend of mine, him and his wife, and we had to spend some time with them. They're going through a real difficult season. And I, I, was, I was talking, and again, the way God works with me is I always see things in like real practical ways so that I can, I, I love it because I feel like I can explain things well and in principles, and even just this idea of the trapeze is one, but another way that I see it is, is football, right? Some of you are smiling, but uh, I mean, the Lions played Thursday. They won. They beat some team. What was that team, Lori? Yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, that's right. All the Bears fans said, yeah. Um, that was, that's surrender, too, right? It kind of, it's all good. No, just kidding. All right, I'll stop. But 
What's really interesting about football, what I, what I, what I love and where I'm going, because I'm going somewhere, is when the running back gets the ball, right, and you watch some of these running backs, especially the really good ones, they get the ball and you would think, all right, there's all these giant, really big men that want to destroy this person that has the football. And when you receive that ball, if you're like all of us, we would get it and we would just want to run as fast as we can to avoid them, right? But running backs that are really good, you'll hear this word and it's called patience. And you'll actually see them get the ball and then they kind of pause for a moment. Or they may be running, but it's very slow. They're kind of like almost jogging. You're saying like, what are you doing? But what they're doing is they're allowing their linemen and they're allowing the play to develop and that lane to open up. And I sat there, and as I was talking to this pastor friend, I was, I was encouraging them through this kind of illustration, but that there is so much tension in that moment when you're holding the ball, <laughs> knowing that you know, there's some bad things that want to come crashing in, but you have to be patient and you have to trust that, that a lane is gonna open, and then once that is clear, then that's when you see in, in football, you see the burst of speed, as they say, the acceleration through the lane and through the hole to go the distance. And so for us today, and, and we got to think about in that, in that way, we want to think about as we trust the Lord, you may be in that place where you have the ball and there's tension and you're freaking out a little bit because the way's not clear. And this is where we have to trust the Lord as that opens and you find that path forward or as the trapeze and you've released and you've surrendered and now you're trusting the Lord in that moment as you're in the air just before he catches you, you're trusting that he will grab hold of you. And so that is where we're gonna be headed this morning is, is this uh, last one of trust. And again, all of this works together, all four of these, as we wanna see climate change in our church but also in our lives. In Psalm 56, verse three, David writes, and it's a very short, very simple, but it's this. It says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Again, he's, he's saying to the Lord that when fear does come, he reminds himself and he, he chooses to put his trust where? In the Lord, right? And it's, it's a great picture because, you know, we see David and we know that David was a warrior. I mean, he went out and faced Goliath. He knew what battle was and he had great success in battle. So this was not a cowardly man. But still, you know, fear would come in. People wanted to kill David. And so in those moments, he would stop and he would tell himself, like, I, I, I'm putting my trust in the Lord in this moment. I'm placing my life in his care. Again, thinking of the, even the trapeze illustration, you know, I think of that grip when the, the catcher grabs hold, you know, and, and that, that locking happens. And I'm sure the squeeze on that is probably pretty tight. <laughs> it may even be slightly painful. But even in that moment of, of discomfort and even pain, to know there's also security in that, knowing that the Lord has us. And so I'm going to unpack that a little more as we go, but... We need to understand that at times it may hurt a bit. <laughs> there may be difficulties, there may be struggles, or you know, as God walks out this and he wants us to grow or he wants us to learn, and so there might be some, some difficulty or some pain involved. Um, even with this, this couple, you know, they were sharing stories of how uh, they'd been on a missions trip, that, that, you know, the couple I was speaking to not, not long ago, and they talked to people in the underground church in another country 
And to hear the, 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 the testimonies and the, the, the stories of what God was doing, but to understand that they're living in a persecuted place, in a life of persecution, but yet they had this deep sense that God has them and they're trusting him in that. <clears throat> a two-year-old boy named David, battling leukemia, was taken by his mother Deborah to Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston to see Dr. John Truman, who specializes in treating children with cancer and various blood diseases. Dr. Truman's prognosis was devastating. He explained that David had a 50-50 chance, two-year-old. The countless clinic visits, the blood tests, the intravenous drugs, the fear and pain, the mother's ordeal can be almost as bad as the child's because she must stand by unable to bear the pain herself. Little David never cried in the waiting room, and although his friends in the clinic had to hurt him and stick needles in him, he hustled in ahead of his mother with a smile, sure the welcome he always received. When he was three, David had to have a spinal tap, a painful procedure at any age. And it was explained to him that because he was sick, Dr. Truman had to do something to make him better. If it hurts, remember it's because he loves you, David's mother said. The procedure was horrendous. It took three nurses to hold David still while he yelled and sobbed and struggled. When it was almost over, the tiny boy soaked in sweat and tears, looked up at the doctor and gasped, thank you, Dr. Tuman, for my hurting. And I came across this this story, and just to see, because I, I believe that there is so much truth and so much that we can learn from children. Because <laughs> as adults, we figure things out a little bit, and we, we lose kind of the, the awe and the wonder of things. But children just see things so clearly, don't they? They see it, and they, they don't, there's no, like, front they try to put on. They just, they just are, <laughs> And here we see this little David's faith in, in this doctor, Dr. Truman. And we see how that faith really shifted to a trust. Even in his pain, he could understand that the doctor cared for him deeply and loved him. See, trust and faith, they, they, they work very closely. And if you think about those two words, I, I would invite you, in your mind right now, I want you to think about maybe what, what is the difference between trust and faith? They're very close, but there's, there's some slight difference. And you know, I wanna just unpack this a little bit because I think it's good for us to understand as we're talking about trust with faith so closely related, I think it will help us. Grammatically, faith is, is, is always a noun, is one difference. It's, it's always a noun, except in cases of its archaic use as a verb, but it's a confidence in someone or something. It's, 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 it's always a noun. Trust, however, can be either a noun or a verb depending on the context. So trust as a noun means to an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. And as a verb, trust, it means to rely on the truthfulness or accuracy of or to believe, to commit or place in one's care or to place confidence. And so, you know, we see kind of the difference between the two a little bit starting to take shape. An example of the relationship between faith and trust is, is something if maybe anybody ever done uh, this before, but it's called a trust fall. Anybody done this? Any team building? Anybody have it fail miserably? 
Okay, go online. There's some really bad ones, but um, but I'm glad all of us have experienced the because it you know it's it is a, a great illustration and the whole point for those of you who aren't or maybe aren't aware or haven't seen it, but typically you have one person that is standing one direction and maybe their eyes are closed or whatever and a group of people, hopefully friends, people that like you, um, sometimes coworkers, you know, if they're trying to build this this kind of faith and trust within the work environment. But the idea is that you turn and then you just fall backwards and you're going to trust that, that they're gonna catch you, right? And you believe that they will not let you hit the ground. And, and so the act of falling, as the name of the exercise implies, it's, it's trust, right? That's trust. And you demonstrate the faith you have in your friends. And so trusting God, again, understanding it's, 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 it's this core aspect of, of what biblical faith is. You know, faith it starts with faith. You know, when you're standing there, you have faith in those friends or in those people. And sometimes if it's like a, a conference or something where you don't know the people, you're, you're placing your faith there and then you're going to then fall and, and your trust is going to then engage as, as they catch you. And so as we, we talk about this and we kind of take that sort of picture and we bring it to God, you know, in scripture we see very, very clearly that faith is defined as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen from Hebrews chapter one or chapter 11. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Has anybody ever seen a tornado? It's, yeah. But if you think about it, the truth is you haven't. Right, And then what I say about that is that really, what is a tornado? It's the wind starts to move and you, you may see the clouds begin to be pulled down, right? Or you see when all the debris and the dirt begins to get into that wind and then you can see the motion of the wind, but really the wind you cannot see, can you? You only see the effects of that, that it's, it's having on its environment. And so really that, that faith, again, is, is, is something that can't be you know, seen per se, but we can see the effects. We can see the things that are happening. And so faith involves trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. And faith, it really is, it's inseparable from trust because, again, they both, what you believe, and then, you know, it, the faith part is, is going, and then that will, that will lead us to trusting, Faith is also simply, it's, it's the confidence that God uh, can and will do what he says in his word. And some of us here today, again, some of you may be in a position right now or in a place in your life where you are truly walking by faith. <laughs> maybe it's a, a new territory. Maybe it's something, you know, you're, you're, you're praying and trusting, and, and you, but you have to have faith first that God is going to accomplish whatever it is you're asking but until it comes to fruition, you know, you are walking by faith. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You see, God calls us to not just walk in faith, but he invites us that we trust him. And I think that there's, there's 
a lot of us, myself included at times, that, that you know, we'll say we trust the Lord, but that's, it's a lot different um, to, to really like lean in or like, like I said, that trust fall. You have faith initially, but then to truly start to fall and to trust that those people are going to catch you. It's much the same way with the Lord. And, you know, this question I came across and I want to challenge us with, to, with it today. And simply that how is it that we can trust Jesus to get us to heaven, but not trust him to see us through our time here on earth? Meaning when we first come to Christ, we place our, uh, we come to him by faith and we place our trust in him in that moment. And I believe that, you know, a lot of us do. We believe that we have been saved, but then we hit these moments in our life, right? We hit these challenges and maybe, you know, we, whatever it is. And do we trust the Lord still, the same God that saved us <laughs> and promised us eternity? Do we trust him to work in our current place in the current situation. Why should we trust in God? Why, why should we put our trust in God? And I want to answer just a, a few answers to this. First off is it's his power and his strength. In Psalm 9, verses 9 through 10, the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. You know, again, a lot of times I think we have to go back, and this is why it's important to be in the word of God, but we have to go back even in our own lives and remember and trust the Lord. Remember, again, as we've seen his power and his strength to do amazing things. And maybe you haven't seen somebody raised from the dead, but I promise you, you've seen the Lord work and move. Whether it was your salvation, whether it was a situation or, or somebody else, maybe somebody was healed, maybe whatever it was, God's power has been put on display for all time. And we go to his word and we can see it very clearly. And as it said here in Psalm chapter 9, you know, those who know your name put their trust in you. And guess what? If, if we profess Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are those people who know his name. And so therefore, our trust should be in the Lord. My question today would be, do our actions point that direction? Because if you're like me, I, I really prefer a backup plan, right? <laughs> if this doesn't quite work out, then there's always this over here. But we are called to trust in the Lord. And don't you think that God is, is great enough and big enough that even if you kind of miss the mark or you mess up, that he's big enough to still catch you? <laughs> he is. He is. And so to remember that and, and that why we should trust in God is, is because of his power and strength that we have seen and has been put on display. The second one is his unfailing love, as we touched on earlier, right? How many times are we not faithful? But yet his love is still there. His love remains. Psalm 13, 5, it says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Unfailing love. 
And I hope that's an encouragement to some of you here today <laughs> to be reminded that how much God loves you and that God continues to show his love for you, to show his mercy, to show his goodness, to show his kindness. And that is why we should sing to the Lord. That is why our hearts should be full and always oriented to, to worship God. Because he's loved us. He loved us when we were unlovable. <laughs> Do you recall what Jesus said from the cross as he was being crucified? Father, forgive them. Remember that? And again, I don't know, I, I hope you pause sometimes and put yourself in that situation. And I mean, I don't know what it is to, to experience a crucifixion, to go through that, or to be probably in that kind of pain. But to have the, the, be in the place where he's extending his love even to the people who are literally driving the nails through his hands and feet, that's, that's the love that God has put on display for us. And yet we will be audacious enough at times to say, well, I just, I just don't really feel like God loves me or I don't, I'm not sure if God loves me or I just don't, you know, he just doesn't do a lot for me right now. Seriously? <laughs> that act alone should be, it's like, I don't know what other you, thing you need. <laughs> and so again, that display of God's love, his unfailing love is why we should trust in him. And lastly, his salvation Psalm 22, four through five. In, your, in, in, in you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried and were rescued and they trusted and were not put to shame. Again, remembering as, as we look back and we understand and we see the Lord's salvation for, for maybe people in our family, for maybe our friends, but especially for ourselves as we look back and we see the, his faithfulness throughout time as he has saved people, as he has given eternal life to people. And so we can trust God and we should trust God because of his power and strength, unfailing love, and his salvation. And this leads us to what the results of trusting in God should be. First off, we should have peace in our lives and our hearts. And this is something we've really been honing in on, and this is something uh, in our staff as well. Uh, we just really are trying to stop and, and, and just know that we're here in this moment with God. That while the world may be burning down around us, while you may be facing all kinds of, of, of difficulties and, and, and challenges, you can still have the peace of God which passes all understanding, right? That God has given us peace, and when we put our trust in, in the Lord, we can have that peace in anything that we're going through. Even in loss, we can know that, that God is with us and we can sense his presence and have peace. We can also see that, that the results of trusting in God are security. As many have, have seen and, and read before in Psalm 91, that God invites us into, to again, that, to be in his shadow, in the shadow of the Almighty. That picture of, of protection. That God isn't just, you know, loving and wants the best for us, but that he has the power to give us shelter and security in his shadow and under his wing. 
We also can experience protection from danger. We can also experience freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. And this is something for us to really pause and think about because, again, we face these things in life. And, you know, and, and going back to, to the little boy, David, that we read about earlier and, and thinking about that kind of a diagnosis, that would be cause for any one of us, I think, to be afraid or for fear to want to come crashing in. But to understand that, that God gives us a way to, to, to be walking, again, not in fear, but because we trust him that, that we can walk this out. Not that, again, that it's a challenging road to walk, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's hard. And fear does lurk. And maybe there's times of fear, but God can come in and he can give us freedom from that. Because here's the challenge, church, is that it is one thing to experience fear or to be afraid, and God is working through that. But then it's another for us to make decisions based on that fear. And that's the challenge when we follow the Lord is he may be calling you towards the fire. <laughs> Ask any believer that's in a place where the church is persecuted. It's not just them, it's, it's their family, it's their children, and they're experiencing literally uh, you know, death at times. But yet they continue forward. Why? Because God, they, they're not bound by that fear because they trust the Lord. And so, again, I want to encourage us this morning that we trust the Lord and we experience this freedom from fear. We can also experience prosperity, and I'm not talking about material necessarily. I'm talking really about the spiritual wealth that comes because that's what really matters. It's to, to, to truly be spiritually prosperous, to be full and, and, and overflowing, and to know that, that we are safe and secure, that, that God loves us, and that, again, he, is, he, is, um, he just pours himself out onto us it's by his spirit, and it's a spiritual wealth. There's also strength there, strength to do things, and in our weakness, he is made strong. You know, there, there's strength in the Lord when we walk in this place. And finally, there's physical life, that he brings life to our bodies. This is why we should trust in God. And this is why this is the, the last of the REST. This is, this is it. It's, 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 it's as we walk this life, it's as we walk out our time here on earth, we need to do so in this place where we are trusting the Lord. You know, there have been many times in my life where I, I didn't always make the right decision or I wasn't sure of the right decision. But can I tell you that God has been faithful every single time? <laughs> Even when I didn't make the right decision, he's still faithful to get me to where I need to be. And I want to encourage us today that, again, to trust the Lord, to know that he is capable and that he will lead you exactly where you need to be. And as we've been going through uh, these, these four uh, places, we've always done so as, as, as with looking at with God and, and how we should trust the Lord, but also with each other. And my question today to us would be, do we really trust those that we say that we trust? Do we trust people around us? Do we trust people here, even in this church. You see, because to trust others well, we really must start at this place that we wholeheartedly trust the Lord, right? Because what does that mean? That means until we have trust in the Lord, until we trust that God is for us, that God is working, that he is moving, and that he has our best interest, 
that is what really gives us the capacity to trust others. Because can I tell you this? It doesn't matter who the person is, they are going to let you down. They're going to let you down, right? I'm talking to, to anybody, whether it's a friend, a relative, a spouse, they will fail you at some point. But if our trust is in the Lord, we are able to then persevere and walk through that. And God, because we have our trust in him, will work in our hearts. And, and, it, and a lot of the times that trust can be mended. There are times that it, it's, it can't. But it, that, what happens, though, is when we go through those moments, it's really hard sometimes to, to put trust in someone else, isn't it? It can just kind of close off and like, I'm never gonna trust somebody again. But God is inviting us to that, and we need to trust one another, especially here in the church. You see, again, it's, 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 it's from that relationship with Christ that our trust is able to move outward. And we're able to have this continued trust, even in those as all of us are capable of failing. I love this scene uh, in John chapter 21 where Jesus has now uh, appeared to the disciples after the death and resurrection. And they were in the boat, and if you recall, uh, they saw him from a distance, and Peter jumped out of the boat to get to Jesus. And it's on the shore there. It says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And if you recall, he repeats this, a very similar phrase, three times, because Peter denied him three times, and three times Jesus restored him in every point. And then at the end, he says, and after saying this, Jesus says to him, follow me. And so we see Jesus, who had really experienced probably the ultimate betrayal from someone, yet he invited him back into relationship, and he restored Peter to a place where then Peter went on to do incredible things with the Lord's strength and help to spread the gospel and ended up being martyred as his cost. So I want us to, to just understand today, church, that again, that as we come to this place where we're talking about trust and that we must trust one another and we must first trust the Lord, and a lot of times that begins in faith, to have faith, much like in a marriage where uh, there's something has gone wrong or there's been a betrayal. You, know, you start with faith and then over time it, it can sprout to trust. It can grow to that place of trust and we want to be at that place of trusting both God and others. As we prepare to wrap up our time here this morning, in closing, I, I want to just uh, take this quote from Corey Tenboom. As many of you know her and her story. But she said this, she said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And, and what is she saying is that we have the privilege, and it comes back to our R, right, that we have relationship with God. We know who God is. We know his character. We know that he loves us deeply. And while we may not understand it all, we, we should not be afraid to put our trust in the God that we know. And I believe that where we struggle the most at times is, is, is because we have not spent time knowing God walking with God, in his word, to, to, to commune with him in prayer. 
Because once we know him, we trust him. We trust him. I'd ask you all just to just close your eyes for a moment, and I want to read one final time from Matthew 11. I'm going to read from the, the message translation. Just It's a little different, but I, I think it, it really bears witness to us. Again, the words of Jesus, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll re recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If you all just look at me just for a moment. If you've missed everything that's been said up to this point, I want you to catch this, this one thing right now. The truth of the matter is, is when trouble comes, my question to you today is, is, is where, where do you go first? Where, where's the first place that you go? And if it's anything <laughs> but to Jesus, then that needs to change. Because while I have, you know, people that I trust in my, in my world that I go to for counsel, and I also have access to Google, right? But if the first place that we go is not to Christ, is not to Jesus, is not to our Savior, is not to the one that walks closer than a brother to us, then we have to stop and we, we need to question where our trust really is, right? And I'm preaching to myself this morning too because it, it is sometimes, you know, it, it's in that moment, right? I remember when I was, we were in uh, the Middle East and long story short, I'm gonna miss a lot of details, but you know, there was, some of you know the story, but there was a moment where there was some problem with the boys' visas and we'd gone through this huge ordeal trying to get this thing worked out and we got it worked out or we thought we did. And the day that we were supposed to be reunited, you know, we were at the airport, I was there with a pastor friend and his wife and we're, we, it's been, it'd been months that we'd been apart. And he, they were coming in 15 minutes go by, half an hour goes by, an hour goes by. Finally, I get a call from Leanna. She's sobbing on the other end of the phone, and she's like, now there's, there's something wrong with, it was Joshua at the time, and his it was supposed to be okay. And so here's this moment, like, we'd gone through all this, we thought the, the, the challenge was over, and I just remember, it was one of the first times, like, I, I did not know what to do. Like, I literally did not know what to do. And I just, I just, I, I grabbed a chair and just sat down. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm so thankful for the, the pastor that was with me. He's, he's a spiritual father to me. And he just, he sat down and kind of rubbed his hair. Or no, he doesn't have hair, sorry. He rubbed his head. But he just looked at me and, you know, he's, he, he had tears in his eyes. 
And he's just, the first thing out of his mouth was like, let's pray. Let's bring it to the Lord. Because we did not know in that moment what to do. And a little, again, I'd love to share the, 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 the story. It's part of our testimony. But within, you know, 48 hours, the, the undoable, un, you know, the impossible was done. And we were being reunited as a family once again. Things that could never have happened, I could have never done on my own, were done. And I believe with all my heart, it's because our first place to go and our trust went first place was to go to Jesus and say, Lord, we're at, we're at our end here. Was it easy? No. <laughs> Leanna would be the first to tell you it was not good. It was, there was, it was just a difficult season, a difficult moment. And we would never have asked to go through that, but through it all, in, in that moment, we, we experienced the depth of trust in the Lord and to see his faithfulness come through. So I invite you to stand. We're gonna close with a song. And I do hope you'll just ponder this this week, meditate on this. Again, this idea of relationship, expectation, surrender, and trust and to just spend time in those different areas and, and just let, let the Lord show you in your own life maybe some places that you need to, to turn things over to him. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you for this message. I thank you, Lord, for this series as, as we want to see the climate both in our personal lives but also our lives as a church change. We want to see it, Lord, come to a place, Lord God, where we, we, we are just deep and, and full in our relationship with you that, that would lead to a place where we have expectation in our hearts, where this world will try to rob us of any of that. And that, God, that would lead us also onward to a place where we just surrender, Lord, our will and our desires even, and we surrender to you. And ultimately, that would lead us to that place of just trusting fully in you, that you are good and that you are God and that you are faithful. God, I thank you for every situation, every person, every family, every household, those watching online, Lord God, that, that you are working out, Lord, all of these things in us. But God, that we would pause and we would know what it is to truly be, to be with you, to be loved by you, and not just always doing, Lord, but we would know that you are God in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the, the work that you've done in us today, in our hearts, in Jesus' name, amen.